This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 39 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss going green around the barn and home. Our breed of the show is the Beagle. We talk poultices and critter nutrition. And in Coffee Clutch, we talk about what other profession in animals we might want to choose from other than our current profession. I have a funny story to tell. Are you ready? Ready. Yep. We're ready. <laughs> Do tell. So for some strange and unknown reason, one of my Australian shepherds named Buckaroo chooses Sundays mornings as the day to run down to the run-in sheds where the horses are and bark at them. And this is, <laughs> you know, seven o'clock in the morning. Now, you know, I've been up for a good two hours, so it's not about waking me up, but it's this constant driving, barking, and <laughs> and it only seems like it happens on Sundays. So <laughs> this Sunday, it happened, and Peter calls him back in, and I said, why do you think he does that? He goes, <laughs> It's the Reverend Buckaroo. <laughs> he goes down to the horses to give the sermon. Because don't you know that Australian shepherds see horses as the real sinners? <laughs> and he's got a direct. And he's got it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so now Buckaroo's new name is the Reverend Mr. Schmoo. Oh, Reverend Schmoo. Reverend Schmoo. Schmoo. Oh my gosh, that is just too cute. Hallelujah. Oh Hallelujah. Gosh, Praise the Lord. Oh, that is too Reverend funny. Mr. Schmoo. Mr. Schmoo. Because his nickname is Mr. Schmoo, but now it's the Reverend Mr. Schmoo. Let's, well, let's just hope he doesn't start, doesn't at some point in the future start having um, Wednesday evening services as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, or, or you know, trying to... Uh, what do they do with the serpents? Like <laughs> no, no exorcisms allowed. <laughs> well, uh, dancing with the serpents, or yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's too cute. Only on Sundays. Well, you're, I, you're, I, I, I don't know anybody else who has a dog that keeps a calendar. I, I I don't either. It's the most unusual thing, and that's why it really does make sense that you know he's going down there on behalf of dogdom to yeah. He's doing a schmooze service. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's and then charge. he comes into the vestibule, which, you know, to have his, you know, coffee and, and light refreshments. <laughs> <laughs> Meet with the other dog, uh, uh, you know, members of, uh, of uh, his religious sect. Oh, no. His congregation. Funny. He's got his own yeah. congregation. No, the congregation of the horses. Oh, you know, I that, see. Those I are see. the sinners. Oh, They're I the see. sinners and the congregation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say the other ones were all the nuns, but that doesn't really work, does it? No. And don't we don't know. want I just, to see priests. <laughs> no. I don't know. I just always thought I saw uh, Sabi being in charge. <laughs> not when it comes to preaching. <laughs> no, not on Sunday morning. <laughs> no, that's, that's Mr. Schmoo. That's Shmoo. Well, we've uh, right after this, uh, we're going to have a have a little a little interlude and hear from BioStar because BioStar is who makes this show possible, after all. And after mm-hmm. that, we're going to have a very interesting interview segment uh, about going green. So we'll be Woo-hoo! right back. Woo-hoo! Everybody chimes in on that, even Hetty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. 
Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. We're going to have a roundtable discussion today um, about how the things that we do to go green around barn and home. Um, it, it seems a, like a timely subject since it's summer and um, we spend a lot of time outside. And uh, so um, there are a few things that, that I do. Um, one of them is I. I don't use any toxic cleaners at all of, of any sort. Um, I'm a really big fan of Warhorse's Pure Gold all-purpose cleaning soap. I clean everything in my house with it. I clean everything in the barn with it. And what I love is that you know after you clean, especially out when you're out at the barn and you're emptying buckets, instead of pouring you know, chemicals back into your ground, you're just pouring, you know, sunflower oil and, and coconut oil and tea tree oil and rosemary. And so nothing's going to hurt the grass. Nothing's going to hurt the water. Nothing's going to hurt the soil. And, you know, it's one less toxic chemical out of the animals and humans environment yeah i love warhorse i i love warhorse i keep you know i use that on the shampoo on stew i haven't i haven't done the the i i need to get the stuff that you're saying for the, the house pure gold yeah yeah i use um for the house i use um thieves by young living it's a household cleaner and it's just oh it's, yeah yeah and i i like the smell because I have a lot of dogs, and I use that. Um, I'll use a little bit of that even in my laundry soap. But um, or you know, you can use it. You can use it on anything, and it's it's a really good cleaner. Um, that's one of my favorite things. And I also do you I, dilute I, it. Do you put it with yes. anything? Yeah, I, I dilute. It just depends on what I'm doing it with here or for. But yes, I, dil, I I'll dilute it. Um, but like I I was just cleaning something out, and I um uh I was actually doing my rugs. And I just had regular soap, but I just used a little bit of thieves in there, and my rugs smell so good now. So I like I like doing that thieves, and I and I'm also I really like using um, I use a lot of vinegar, like white vinegar. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of vinegar. Yeah, there's a lot of um, ants and different types of ants down here with humidity, and we use white vinegar to wash like the concrete off or wash the. Uh, um, you know, the area you wash a horse, the wash stall, <laughs> um, we'll use that. Sorry. Um, and it also gets off like the green kind of mold that you can get in this type of humidity. So that's, that's pretty cool too. So what do um, you do, Jennifer? I'm a really big vinegar and baking soda person. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, baking soda. That's nice. Oh yeah. I use baking soda scrub. all. It's great because it, it's scrubbable. It's got that whole abrasive thing going. So right. I use a lot of vinegar and baking soda. They're my top two favorites by far. I haven't used baking soda. Me neither. Not to clean buckets or anything. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. great for feed buckets and stuff because of the abrasion part. And something else I've discovered, to clean really tough buckets that have maybe outdoor ones that have sat for a while. So they've got that film of green around the edge that mm-hmm. won't come off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. Top secret. Yeah. You know the yeah. uh, the little white cleaning sponges they sell now? It's just this little spongy thing, and there's no soap in it. Um, oh yeah, what are they? Mister Clean, Mister Clean, er- eraser. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Magic Erasers. Well, they've got a million right. brands of a Magic Eraser now. Takes it off, perfect. Wow, oh, yeah, Two yeah, seconds I flat. love those. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, with that, and you can reuse those. You can. That's yeah, really they last quite a while. And, yeah. And they are really awesome for, you know, that, that uh, soap film you get in your shower. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I bet you baking soda would even it takes them off. Do it. And there's yep. no soap in it, so it's right. It's fantastic. And I had a couple of water buckets that were just they were 20 years old and they were so stained. I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. Stained buckets and no amount of soap of any kind would take it out. And I tried one of those things and it came right off. And the and the bucket's like new. It's amazing. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. That's a good one. And I use baking soda in the laundry. Okay. Now I use pure gold. You can use it as a laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You can also use thieves. I was just going to say you can, that you can use, it's kind of the same thing. Um, uh, like the Warhorse stuff, you can just use thieves and tons of, it's just, I guess, a very good cleanser and it smells good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that, it just, and as a sideline, that's another thing in the barn too, um, is the one barn that I work out of, um, they use, and it's a different blend of essential oils, but they use that as the fly spray system. And it pipes, you know, how they have fly spray systems that spray over the horses. Yeah. You walk into their barn and you're walking into something that it, it smells good. You know, like I always like jump around like, huh, you know, when it goes off because I'm like, oh, I know it's, I you know. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's just toxins raining yeah. down. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the, but in their barn, no way. It it really is. It, it's wonderful because you can, they use it through the fly spray system. And another thing that I used to do, haven't done it here as much, but, you know, Tigger, when we were at Farfield, I would fill up those water, the bags of water and you're supposed to put a penny. Oh my in the gosh. Bottom. I still mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I do think that worked, um, you know, and I would do the fly predators thing too, but, um, yeah. But that really, I think, does help with the fly, you know, fly spray. And because I fly, I hate fly sprays. I really do. Well, I um, I have been experimenting with garlic with the horses. Oh. So I've been trying two new green things, garlic yeah. and this product called Equiderma. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It was actually developed in the Everglades. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, it's 100% non-toxic. It's, it's using neem and aloe. Neem is a really old uh, Ayurvedic um, – oil oh, cool. and between the garlic which i definitely think works mm-hmm. I, I bought mine from springtime right it's strong is it okay yeah it is strong the horses don't i mean they don't mind it they eat it great and then this equiderma it's mm-hmm. a it's it's a great combination Oh, cool. Okay. That's kind of, because I, I have done um, the garlic feed through stuff with horses before, and I like the results. Of course, you have to have everybody do it. You know, you can't just have, you know, it's, on the yeah, barn. Not going to help yeah, much it, if one horse out of 15 is on the garlic. Right. No. Yeah. no. Yeah. So that's always, that's always a good thing to know. Well, that's cool. So what do you do for fly spray, Jennifer? Uh, I am very familiar with the Equiderma products. Have used oh, them. Are for, you? I am. I've used them for several years. Great stuff. I cannot survive a day without the zinc oxide paste. I pretty much paint that oh, on the paintbrush yeah. with Nigel. He lives in that stuff because he's a hot mess. Um, right. But I love their neem shampoo. Uh, we use the neem cream rinse, the neem rinse on Scooter a lot because he has some mild bug allergies. So I love oh, that okay. stuff. Um, we use, I use the, uh, the fly traps where you put the water in mm-hmm, and the, the mm-hmm. stuff that makes it smell like a dirty garbage mm-hmm. gun. We mm-hmm. use that a lot at the barn here because we have a, a muck heap very close to the barn. So we've always got a lot of flies. And, um, yep. one of my favorites is I make, uh, mosquito repellent from catnip. Very, very effective. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yep. There's lots of recipes online. Just, just Google mosquito repellent or mosquito spray catnip oh cool okay and i started what doing do you that. dilute it in um you bake catnip tea a very strong catnip tea just get catnip and make hot tea with yeah. it and then i I'm trying to remember what the ratios are i did i diluted it like um a couple of tablespoons of catnip would give me probably two cups of liquid by the time i get wow Oh, and then wow. I, and then I add a little bit of rubbing alcohol, or if you've got it in the house, vodka. 
And I do that when it's hot with the tea, with the leaves still in it. So you are getting to those um, essential oils that are not coming out of the leaves in the water or coming out in the alcohol. So I get that. Uh-huh. And then I made that. And you put it in a sprayer. And for mosquitoes specifically, it is more effective than neem is. Wow. But not really? flies. It really doesn't do much for flies. But if you've got a bad mosquito hatch going, drench your horse in that stuff. And the cats will like it, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great for, for mosquitoes. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, oh, it's sprayed all over you, too. That's the best part. Is yeah. When, when we, here in Florida, when we have a bad mosquito hatch, you can't yeah. open the door without getting sucked dry. So we just oh, it's drench horrible. ourselves in it. You're kidding. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They did some research in it. And they did some actual scientific research with using uh, catnip oils. And they found it the most effective mosquito repellent they tested. Oh, wow. Isn't that wow. cool? Wow. I'm going to have yeah, to get some catnip tea. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or can't be, we just get Jennifer to make it? <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be in the living room playing with a, a ball of yarn. Yeah. On her back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, wow. Well, these are great tips. and, and um, Oh, I've got one more. I've got one more. Okay, you. great. Awesome. One of my bugaboos. Um. Warning, I will be stepping on to my soapbox. One of my bugaboos is plastic feed bags. I get why the industry uses them because they have a lot less waste. I understand that. But, hello, plastic feed bags. There are Mm. jillions of them, especially when you live in Ocala. Uh, They are recyclable. I checked it, and they are a polypropylene, which is a class 5 resin, and it's abbreviated capital P, capital P. If you have a Whole Foods near you, they can recycle them for you. Mm. You can also go to preserveproducts.com and you can recycle them by mail. So if you and your friends get together and put them in a package, they can do it. Or your local municipality might recycle them. And I was amazed to find out that here in Ocala, it's one of the things they accept in our single stream recycling system. We just throw them in there with the plastic water bottles and milk jugs. It's it's oh, well. accepted in ours too. Yeah, so if if you're not reusing them, do take them to the recycle center. There you go. That oh wow. I will step off my soapbox now. Uh, let me get on mine. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that I'm very anti Roundup and two four D and using toxins. Um. But I think what is underappreciated is the value of composting. <gasps> I had that on my list. Yay! Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I am a huge composter. Compost the manure, and I, I have separate composts. A compost for the manure, a compost for the, the human leftover dog, canine, I mean, Dog, cat, chicken, um, and if but if I have a sick horse, that becomes another compost. Oh, that it might because it, it might have unfavorable bugs in there. It, oh, interesting. Exactly, or interesting. because of the medication. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So that is not. It's composted and and burned. Hmm. But it is separated. Oh, I bet from you the some folks the out there didn't know you could burn manure. You can. Yes, you can. Mm. Our our next door neighbor did that accidentally. There's a muck heap on his property. <laughs> we have a communal muck heap, and so we have a total of eight horses that use this muck heap, and it's there forever. It's giant, and he was burning some brush, and it accidentally got to the muck heap. Uh oh. That little sucker smoldered for about two weeks. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, muck heaps burn real good. Even if even if there's not a lot of bedding in them, which there's not, because the horses live out twenty four seven, so there's very little bedding in there. And uh, yeah, they burn real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, what do you do with your compost? I put it where wherever wherever I want something to grow. We don't yeah. we don't spread it here because we rent, so we. We're not allowed to do whatever we want with it. We have to do ah. what the, the but when we had our own farm, we composted all of our horse manure and we spread it yeah. on all the fields. And we yeah. had the most gorgeous fields. And this is key, we had our soil 
tested for pH. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of times your weed problem is not something you need to kill weeds or add fertilizer. Nope. The pH yep. is wrong and the grass couldn't grow. So Correct. it's a really well, cheap and expensive test. And yep. all you do is add add minerals. You add lime. It's really inexpensive and yep, cheap to do. It is so, so test your soil, use the compost, and you're going to mm-hmm. have gorgeous pastures. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. And you'll grow great food. Yes. Yes. We get volunteers because I have a brown thumb. So whenever we have hmm. fruits and vegetables hmm. in the house that have gone bad or we don't eat, we throw them out in this little pile. And every once in a while, we add some manure on top of this little pile. And it's fun because we, we never know what's going to come up. Sometimes it's strawberries, oh, yeah. sometimes it's tomatoes. Oh, that's so funny. Because it's just all the garbage we throw out there and it grows. It's kind of fun. Oh, that now is we funny. get the visitors, the, the, the night visitors mm. to the vegetable compost, the raccoons, mm-hmm. the possums. Yeah. And I figure I'm, we're just sharing. So yep. <laughs> you're such a giver, Tigger. You're such a giver. Well, this, is, this has been a fascinating discussion on yep. uh, how to be a little bit greener. Every little bit counts, people. You don't have to go off the yep. deep end. Now, if yeah. you want to, we love it. But if you don't have to go that deep end, try something little. And if you've got clever uh, life hacks or barn hacks that you use that help your life and your horse life be greener, um, let us know. Let us know. Yep. Yeah. Hedy. Hi, Hedwig. Hello, friends, Tigger and Patty. I am so glad to hear from you. <laughs> Jennifer's here, too. Jennifer! Hi, Jennifer! <laughs> it's so exciting that you're happy no to hear offense. from me. Mm-hmm. Yes. No offense to Glenn, but you're my favorite, Jennifer. <laughs> oh, you made my day, Hetty. Always trying to please others. That would be me. That's you, Hedy. You're a giver. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how may I help you today? I've had quite a trying day myself, so I'm hoping I can help you in some way. Oh, Actually, I think you can, Hetty. We're, we're talking a little bit today about um, living a, a greener life. All those little things that we do oh. every day add up to help us all work, live a little bit greener life. And we had a discussion on things that we do at the barn at home uh, to help to do that. And we got to thinking that dogs, by their very nature, are green beings. They they live in in synchro- synchrony with, with the universe. They're green. But humans take care of them, and we're not so green about taking care of them. We, we, we have chemicals and bad stuff going on. So we thought we would ask you, what advice would you give us humans to help be uh, better caretakers of the earth and live a greener life? Oh, well, thank you for this excellent opportunity. Of course, I wish to speak at length on this subject, but I will be brief. A few things that I think are critically important. One, Never give your dog a bath again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, I was wrong. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Yep. Okay. But if you feel you must torture your pet in this appalling manner, (laughs) you should use a tiny amount of water, the smallest possible amount of water. Uh And then you should apply only appropriate materials to dogs, such as raccoon poo or deer poo or cat poo or horse poo in order to make sure that the dog is clean property. That's a whole new de- definition for poo. Not shampoo. No shampoo. Horse poo, dog poo. Okay, gotcha. No shampoo, deer poo. Exactly. Got it. Yes. Got it. And um, notice that and it's then, water saving. Yes. Because you yes. only use a tiny bit of water. A tiny bit of water. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because you want to maximize your poo. Absolutely. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I, I told then, you there'd be something to do with poo. Thing you can, <laughs> another thing you, know, you can do, for example, humans are terrible food wasters. And dogs are not. <gasps> so point. if you are looking at your food and you're thinking, I'm going to throw this away or even do something 
like compost it. Why compost when if you give it to your pet, the pet will eat it and then compost it in a different way. (laughs) Boy, well said, Hedwig. I think she's ready. So that's a really a really good strategy right there. (laughs) And then a final um, way that humans can really step up and and mimic or try to mimic the brilliance of the animal world is to look around and realize that leaving your home is a mistake because (laughs) if you're going to work in a car, you've already killed thousands of dinosaurs who lived millions of years ago and have somehow been turned into fossil fuels by evil people. So you (laughs) must stop killing dinosaurs. Oh, stop driving the car. Stay home with your pet. I'm with you, Hedwig. Stay home with your pet. Excellent. Excellent. It is an excellent point. point. I just have one question, though. What do you do when you run out of cheese? How do you get to the store? You have your own cow. Oh, of course. Ooh, okay. And the wow. human who no wow. longer is, quote, working, can do something useful and make cheese. I see. She was ready for you, Patty. She I was totally time. ready. Yeah. She wow. set you. She set you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Hedwig, for your help. Patty, you're advice. brilliant. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that I could be of service, and I hope that this clarified the issue for you in some way. (laughs) Crystal clear. Crystal clear, Hetty. I have very little doubt. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we're now at the the beagle time of breed breed of the show. Um, we've, I, you know, it's funny. I asked Ray today, what, what, you know, what breed we should really look at. And he said, you know, mom, you've never done anything with beagles. And I thought, you know, I've had beagles. <laughs> of course I've had beagles. Of so let's, let's, you have. of course I had, well, you know, a very good friend of mine had one, um, years ago. It was the, it was the most perfect one I've ever seen. Um, and she would bring it to the horse shows and he was always so well-behaved. And I kept thinking that's such a lie about the breed because they're such naughty little comical dogs. And generally you don't normally see a lot of them at horse shows. Um, no, you, you know, like in our, in what we do, but it was interesting. Um, you know, th- so for the listeners that don't know what a beagle is, it's a very small, compact, um, scent hound and they're, they're supposed to be a smaller version of like the fox, the foxhound, and they're really wonderful, great co- companions. They're um, have a great personality. They're very funny. Um, they're very ha- they're very happy. They're very outgoing, but that comes with a price. <laughs> they yes. um, they can be really pretty naughty. Um, and yes. the base it the the funny thing. Have you ever had a beagle? No, but my sister had one, and that's I would right. get weekly reports <laughs> <laughs> about how naughty. Well, yeah. it's so funny because it, you know, and it, all the the research I did, they all just say their noses guide them. <laughs> <laughs> and I years ago had um, got some for my husband because he was doing some rabbit hunting, and they were comical dogs, and they were they, we got them as puppies, and they are they're very. Uh, they're just ferocious when you go to feed them and he would go into their little pen and he would get, you know, feed them all their food and he would go to to grab something and he would come up with like three of them on his arm. And so he'd have to go out there like with a glove and it would be, you know, he'd have a beagle stick, you know, and they were, and they just, they, they were just so they wanted the food, they smelled the food and their brains, you know, were led to that. But in, in general, honestly, they really do get along well with other animals if they're introduced well and probably, you know, properly and early on. Um, but having said that about their noses, they have 20, um, 220 million scent receptors compared to us that have 5 million. So, um, Whoa. yeah, kind of interesting. And so we've seen them a lot on TV and maybe even in airports, but as scent dogs for drug dogs, because they're. They really, they are easily trained, again, with patients when you do it through scent. And so that's why they use them a lot for um, drug drug busting dogs. Um, they're also, um, as you probably know, Tigger, from your sister, they have a very distinct bay 
Yeah. Not a bark, but a bay. And um, the sad thing about this is a lot of people that get interested in wanting the dogs, um, eventually, if they're an apartment dog or even in a neighborhood, a lot of the dogs and a lot of beagles will end up in, um, uh, you know, at the animal welfare. Yeah, Yeah. because of the bang. And that's not something that can be fixed. I mean, that's just part of who the dogs are, which makes them quite charming. Um, But because they're, you know... um, because of this, they, when they pick up a scent, they start baying. And it's funny, we, on the farm in Virginia, um, we would let the, all the puppies out and we'd let them run. And you would just, you would, you would see them stick their nose up in the air. They'd start baying. Like you could see them just connect that something was out there. It was really, it was thrilling just to watch them, you know, and they'd run for hours and they'd come back and they would never catch anything. That's the one thing that's hard about them is they're actually quite slow. So, you know, in history, they've always been known for being, you know, earth dogs or rabbit dogs or whatever. And they were very, very popular in England that the history of them is really not real clear. Um, but they were very popular in England and they eventually, um, they, the breed almost died out because they just weren't fast enough. Um, fortunately surrounding countries, um, really needed them for, um, rabbits and slower rodents. So that and that then the United States became very popular in using them for rabbit dogs and hunting. And then they became recognized by the AKC. Um, so, um, and then they became famous from Snoopy and they became famous from Snoopy. Of course, of course, everybody knows Snoopy. Now let me, let me just point out mm-hmm. had a beagle. Very familiar with mm-hmm. what a beagle looks like. Is it me or does Snoopy not look like a beagle even a little bit? No, he yeah. really doesn't. Yeah, that's Except funny. For his tail. Except for his yeah. tail. Yeah. And his roux. And he, he, he roos like a beagle. Yeah. 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 And, okay. Just, um, there, you know, there are very, there's over 11 different uh, colors. I mean, the most common that we know are the black and tan or the black, white and tan or the, you know, the red with the red. Um, I always didn't know what Snoopy was. Like, <laughs> Me neither. But he was a beagle and that's what we all took it as. It's kind of funny. Um but there, they there's two different varieties of them. There's the 13 inch and the 15 the, the 15 inch, um, and they can get up to 30 pounds. And they actually, it you know, most of the research I said they do need they need a d- decent amount of activity, but they can um, they can hang out. They can be like the greyhound, you know, the one that has all the energy, and then they can hang out on the couch. However, I would not recommend getting a dog like that in an apartment and ever leaving it loose. I mean, that's a dog that needs to be crated because they will find something to do generally chew your stuff up and then start banging about it. <laughs> but, but all in all, they just seem like a really, they, they, I mean, my experience with them was there was, they were adorable. Um, they are not very good family protectors. So you can't, you know, <laughs> no one's really going to be afraid of a bang dog, but you never know. Um, and no, you have they to be bark patient. and wag. Yeah. They, they bark and wag yeah. and they're great with kids. They're really great with kids. So if you have a little bit of property and you don't mind um, listening to a dog uh, make a lot of funny noises and run after anything that they think is a rabbit, this may be the dog for you. Yeah. I agree with you. I think this, the beagle breed, if there is a kid-proof breed of dog, it might be uh-huh. beagle. They are so yep. durable and so forgiving. Tolerant. Yep. And tolerant. And that's what makes them hard to train, is they just ignore yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you, you use something to make them smell, when then they get back on target. But it's, yeah, they, that I've always thought they were the cutest things. And like I said, Me we too. really enjoyed we really enjoyed ours, but I'll tell you, and they were just, they were hysterical. Going to feed those puppies was taking your life in your hand. And I'll never forget. I remember looking out the kitchen window and watching him go to feed the dogs and he had a long sleeve <laughs> because if he couldn't get down their bowls quick enough, they were going to go for him. Not oh, to be funny. aggressive. They just smelled the food and it was right. just, I'm going to get you know. it. Yeah. So there you go. In Critter Nutrition today, we're going to talk about the healing art of the poultice. The poultice has been used for healing for thousands of years. In fact, we can consider the poultice to be one of the earliest forms of medicine, with mud and clay preparations being among the first known. I did not have poultices on my radar until the day I tripped on a small, unseen dog hole, fell like a crashing oak tree to the ground. My knee was twisted, 
and the torrent of swear words coming out of my mouth could probably be entered in the Guinness World Book of Records. I dragged myself into the house and crawled onto the couch. My partner, Peter, applied ice packs and pillows, and I thought surely in a few hours I would be walking again. Wrong. While the swelling had come down from the ice packs, I could not bear weight at all on the knee. Then the idea came to me. Earth element. Healing. Poultice. Mixing two clays together with arnica essential oil and witch hazel, I slathered my knee with the cool, dark mixture, wrapped it in flannel, and waited. When the clay had dried, I reapplied the poultice again. Four hours later, the bruising had lessened considerably, and I was able to put weight on the ball of my foot. It was one of those small eureka moments. About five days later, when I was back to normal, I set about putting poultice on anything that moved. This included horses, dogs, Peter, cats, an unhappy rooster, an unsuspecting toad. I even managed a poultice flyby on a hen's leg. The art and science of making poultices. Clay is clay, isn't it? That's what I thought until I began researching and testing clays. Where is the clay from? Which clay family is it in? Kaolinite, ileite, smectite, vermiculite? Does it absorb or adsorb, or both? What mesh is it, and what efficacy rating does it have? All these things can significantly affect how effective the final poultice preparation will be. Absorbing and adsorbing actions of clay. Clays with absorbing properties expand when wet, acting like a sponge to soak up toxins. In contrast to absorption, Certain clays have adsorption properties. Adsorption occurs when molecules of one substance adhere to the surface of another substance. Clays that are negatively charged act like a magnet, pulling positively charged toxins to them. Calcium bentonite is one of the clays that can absorb and adsorb. However, these kinds of clays cannot be prepared with metal objects. They cannot be mixed in metal or stainless steel containers or stirred with metal or stainless steel utensils because the clay's electromagnetic charge will act on the metal, drawing it into the clay and reducing the clay's ability to adsorb when later applied. Poultices were once referred to as drawing salves because of the actions that removed or assisted the flow of debris through an opening in the skin e.g. a wound, boil, ulceration, bite, or abscess. Poultices increase circulation, which in turn increases oxygen to the area being treated. Poultices that contain smectite clays, such as calcium bentonite, or the kaolin clays, such as sea clay, are powerful osmotics that help to remove excess fluid, allowing fresh tissue to fluid to circulate into the area, bringing protected blood, nutrients, and oxygen to the site. There are other kinds of poultices. The ancient Egyptians used honey, tree resin, meat, and lard for poultices, while the early Chinese dynasties used specific herbs and foods, carrots, bran, mustard, capsicum, opium, and ginger. In India, the early Ayurvedic practice Practitioners made poultice bags filled with herbs, dipped the bags in warm oil, and then massaged the body with the bag. The purpose of this poultice was to increase perspiration, thus releasing toxins. American Indians made poultices from clays, various foods and plants, including roasted onions, pumpkins, bloodroot, and red clover. In the 17th centuries, there were porridge poultices and flax meal poultices. On ships, bread or biscuits were used for poultices by combining crumbs with boiling milk and herbs, including sumac for strains and sprains, marshmallow and hops to relieve migraines, and charcoal or black powder for wounds. Even dried horse manure boiled in urine and applied for gangrenous wounds is quilted as a poultice by Lydia Child in her 1837 book, The Family Nurse. Potato poultices were common in the 19th and early 20th centuries for eye problems such as conjunctivitis. 
Another popular poultice was comfrey for sprains and strains. Dandelion poultices were used for itchy skin and rashes. Cabbage leaves were applied as poultices for gout, rheumatism, varicose veins, and for decreasing the discomfort of breastfeeding mothers. For hundreds of years, of course, horsemen have used mud as a basic poultice for equine legs and feet. When we apply poultice to a leg, hoof, paw, or wound, we bring to the clay our own unique vibration, our own healing energies. When we work the poultice onto a leg or into a hoof, we help activate the healing properties of the clay and the herbs. We literally engage and actively participate in the art of healing. Sadly to me, poultices today have become commodities, mass-produced, bledded in huge stainless steel industrial vessels with stainless steel mixing blades. That's why Biostar offers artisan poultices. These poultices use the highest quality clays, including exotic varieties like red Moroccan and handcrafted essential oils. They are made individually by hand in our special poultice room. The poultice room is very quiet, allowing our poultice maker to mix and blend each ingredient to gain the best consistency. Every poultice is made individually, never in a bulk batch. While poultices are common in most barns and tack trunks, using poultices on dogs is less common. Strains and sprains, particularly of joints in dogs, respond very well to poulticing and can be wrapped with something as simple as a washcloth or a vet wrap to keep the poultice wet for a few hours. A poultice on the sore pads of a dog paw works very fast to reduce inflammation. I also dab poultice on tick bites using the clay as a drawing salve. I have also used a poultice on a cat who had an abscess below the ear from a cat fight. You know, barn cat versus house cat and the barn cat won. The abscess healed up amazingly fast from a poultice made of clay, colloidal silver, and calendula. As fast as the poultice worked, the other interesting reaction was from the cat. He never tried to rub the poultice off, either by rubbing his head against the furniture or using his monkey cat paws to clean the area. I have found that having poultice on hand has become one of my staple go-to ingredients for a wide variety of issues for humans, including swollen joints, bee stings, bug bites, spider bites, tick bites, sore muscles, strained muscles, and a nice relaxing facial. The most important consideration with poultices is the healing action of clay and herbs in hands that increases circulation to take debris, toxins, and inflammation away from the site of injury or strain. To some people, poultices are messy, time-consuming, a bother, and may seem old-fashioned in these high-tech times we live in. But there is something elemental and earthy about poultices. They connect us with the earth. They connect us to the powerful healing energetics of our hands. Poultices may be old medicine, yet they remain one of nature's most powerful healers. So we are now at our coffee clutch segment, and we thought that we would do something a little bit different. We're going to do two different things. We're going to each say what we would like to do if we, well, let me start again. If we weren't in our current jobs in the animal world, what would we do still within the animal? What's something else that we would like to do? And then we're each going to say what we think the other person would do, um, what we would think they would do. So are we, gonna, I guess we should do that part first, right? Tigger, we should have, we should yeah. tell what, yeah, okay, because then we don't want to give away right. any other ideas. You never know. Right. Okay. All right, Tigger, you go first. Um, I would be a wildlife photographer. Ooh. Oh. So perfectly obvious. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Didn't even, I mean, that was stupid. I mean, well, that's kind of like a given. You already do that. Yeah. Okay. So should, should we say, Jen, what we, what we thought we had, what, that we had? Yes. No, no, no. no. That we, first we go around and do Oh, everything. I wanted to say what everybody, what we thought you should be first. Jeez. <laughs> I know what ahead, I want Jen. Tigger to be. Okay, Jennifer, you, you uh, go ahead. Tigger needs to be an animal cruelty investigator because she would have every <laughs> single one of them drawn and quartered. 
Yeah. Every one of them. She'd, it, she'd be Tigger P.I. It would be wiped out. Yeah. It would no longer Tigger be a problem P. within six months. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Just saying. And then she'd have, yeah, and she'd have a poultice or something to feed each one of them to heal them quicker. If yes. <laughs> All the bad guys would be drawn and quartered. There would be no problem. Yeah. She would, she would rid the world. Yeah. How about you, Patty? What do you think Tigger should do? Um, I just want to let you know that these things that I've chosen for Tigger are indeed real jobs. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that Tigger should be an ostrich bird jockey. <laughs> <laughs> And if that didn't work, she could be an ostrich babysitter. Real job. Just just want to let you know that. Ostrich babysitter. Uh-huh. Dang. Yep. That fulfills yep. my, my highest ideals. Yes. Just thought I'd put that out there. I did also say um, you could also, like, become the biggest chicken breeder in the world. But I thought, nope, ostrich, ostrich jockey was much more... <laughs> I do want to. T- I do want to let you know, Jen. One of the things I had for you was pet detective. So I'm gonna have to go with my. I'm gonna have to go with my other one. <laughs> okay, Jen. Well, oh, I'm. I'm next. It, yes, yes. You are. I know what my. I want my alternative uh, career in the animal industry to be. I want to be a professional kitten fosterer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't? And who wouldn't? Yeah, no, is that it, not the perfect dream job? Uh, <coughs> yeah, really. Ooh, yeah, no be... kidding. Mm-hmm. Except it would not be a dream job when you had to give them to their new people. No, I'd be fine with that. I've I've pa- I've passed Foster many times because you get to have them when they're cute and adorable and fuzzy and, and they love you. But by the time they get to be teenagers and start tearing your yeah. curtains up and get hairballs, off they go. Yeah. Yeah. They can go away. <laughs> so what did you have for her tigger llama wrangler <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you have that because i had crocodile wrangler oh my gosh <laughs> or or a snake milker <laughs> oh my gosh oh, that's again professional snake milking it's a real job that's true that's very funny that out there. Did not well, my very pet detective was pet detective. So <laughs> you you would actually be a great pet detective. Jennifer, Jennifer would. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd be getting in trouble for not admissible evidence a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Patty P. Um, I I have two things that I would would have loved to have done. Well, and actually, one I still. I, still dream about doing, but I've always wanted to be a large animal sanctuary. Um, like for elephants and giraffes and big cats. I think I've said this too before Tigger. That was always mm-hmm. my dream at the farm in Virginia was to be able to just have land and just be, you know, just, I have, and I mean, I could do it with any, um, I could definitely do it with any, uh, animal, but large animals, I just think are so hard. Um, or, um, I would have loved to have been a dog trainer. Which is funny because my dogs are so not well, well behaved. <laughs> so the second one really is a dream. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There we go. That's well, really funny uh, that you said that because I had down for you, Patty, elephant trainer. Did you? Yes, oh, I did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just think that would be fun. I think yeah. that. Now, I had you as a. A stunt woman in movies. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I could tell. That would be fun. Uh, oh, I would funny. love that. I would. And the fun. other one was a dog clothes designer. Oh, I would be so you good would be at so that. Good at that. that I've had perfect. so many different dog breeds. I mean, I would. I know how to fit their shape, how big their trunk is, how short their legs are, that's how big their tail, how small. That's right. Whether or not, whether well, or not their said- whether or not their outfit needs to be slobber proof. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I just feel like there's, there's, you know, I'm not done. All I'm good. That's all I'm going to say. I can do what I'm doing now and be a dog there dress you designer. <laughs> you know, actually, you could start really simply with like a, a line of doggy t-shirts. Yeah, I could. Oh gosh, could be so. Cute. Have you seen Teddy the dog? No. What's Teddy the dog? Teddy the dog is this line of t- human t-shirts with this crazy little dog and some of the funniest sayings that was just a small little icon of the dog doing something and 
I must have at least six or seven Teddy the Dog t-shirts. Really good quality. Oh, they're adorable. Funny, funny. TeddyTheDog.com. Patty, yep. you need to go see these. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking right now because they look pretty. F- they look. Oh my gosh, that's cute. Oh, they are adorable. Pick of the litter. <laughs> I like the. I like the good boy. Hey, oh, that's good. good. Boy. Oh, these are adorable. Oh, and there. I just got one a few months ago. I heard you. Oh, dog father. Oh my god. I like it. Dog father. Oh, I oh. love that. Holiday holiday shopping coming up. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's funny. That's I could awesome. do that. Those are awesome. Well, there you go. Yep. An ex- there another you go. excellent chat this time around. Yes. And if you have a crazy, cool, wonderful, or unusual career that you would love to have, or do have for that matter, let us know. Let us know. Maybe we'll have you on the show and talk about it. Woo-hoo. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Do we have? If, fun. Do we have any uh, ostrich babysitters out there? We want to hear from you. No. Yeah, no. We'd but, love to hear. But you know, you may be our first llama wrangler. Jennifer. I could be. Uh huh. Uh huh. All righty, let's wrap this thing up, folks. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, BioStar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>